0: The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. Thank you very much indeed. Welcome everybody. This is the Boys of Tech episode 136 for Monday the 3rd of October 2011. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm the host of the show. In fact, three other regulars, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty are all unavailable this week. So it's it's just me, but that's okay. The show goes on. Uh, As I said, we are doing episode 136. So first up, in fact, I'll tell you what, before we even get into the show, it was announced yesterday that I'll be giving a talk at KiwiCon. Now KiwiCon 5 is this year's hacker conference, uh, New Zealand's biggest hacker conference, I believe, and uh, possibly the best in, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. I guess that's arguable. Anyway, it's on the 5th and 6th of November here in Wellington, New Zealand, and I'll be giving a talk on steganography. The title of my talk is A Picture is Worth a Thousand Bytes, LSB Steganography with Statistical Innocence. Uh, So if you want to hear the talk, come along to KiwiCon 5, Uh, tickets still available I believe at kiwicon.org, it's uh, held at the Opera House here in Wellington. Okay, so into the first stories of the week just gone. Well, you know, Facebook says they've fixed a cookie glitch. Whether it's a glitch or or something that was intentional, who really knows? But, you know, what was happening was that Facebook issued cookies that other sites were using to track users even when they were logged out of Facebook. And these cookies included unique identifiers so you can identify the user. Now, according to Facebook, they've now fixed the cookies so that they don't have any user-identifiable information in them. But that still doesn't stop third-party sites that integrate with Facebook from tracking users after they've logged out. Sure, they can't identify who that particular user is, but the tracking, according to, uh, to some people, is still possible. So what do you think about that? Are you happy with being tracked after you've logged out? In fact, uh, experts are actually saying, look, if you're going to use, well, any site for that matter, but particularly Facebook, clear your cookies after the Facebook session, or in fact, even better still, use a completely different browser. So use one browser, if you've got multiple browsers, use one browser just for Facebook and, uh, and use the other browsers for, uh, for other things. But really, clearing your cookies is a very good idea if you don't want to be tracked. On the other hand, perhaps you're of the opinion that, what, what does it matter? What have you got to hide? Does it matter if you're tracked? Some people don't mind that. And others prefer to wear tinfoil hats so that they can fly under the radar. Whether it was intentional or not, I, I don't know. And I guess, you know, if we start accusing Facebook of doing that intentionally, it, it could sort of go into this, uh, into conspiracy theories, if you like. But uh, either way, Facebook have said they've now removed user-identifiable information. Now, Google has uh, been helping put the Dead Sea Scrolls online. Now, this uh, was a project that's been running for a while now. And uh, with the help of Google, they've managed to capture a bunch of the Dead Sea Scrolls digitally. We're talking like 1,200 megapixel images. Wow. That's a lot of detail. And so now they can be preserved because isn't this a fantastic age we live in? You know, the Dead Sea Scrolls were obviously very well preserved, you know, several thousand years old. Well, at least a couple of thousand years old anyway for some of them. But who knows how long they would have lasted. And now that we've got digital technology, we can preserve them forever. So this is fantastic. I've actually checked them out myself. The site, by the way, is dss.collections.imj.org.il. It's pretty long. I'll give you that again. dss.collections.imj.org. Dot il. And uh, you can see there's, I think, five scrolls that have, uh, that have been digitized so far. The Great Isaiah Scroll, the War Scroll, Commentary on the Habakkuk Scroll, the Temple Scroll, and the Community Rule Scroll. So there are others, and the project's not finished, but uh, these five are now online. You can uh, view them at the URL that I just uh, read out earlier. Isn't it great to live in, in this uh, modern era? And now, well, you know, what it means, of course, if you're thinking, well, who cares? I, I don't even understand them. I mean, it's uh, you can't even read the language. Well, yeah, sure, but there are scholars that can, and there are people that study this, both professional and amateurs, and it's just such an important part of our history. So to have those and to have those, not only to have them now, but to have them preserved so that in decades and perhaps even centuries to come, people can still be looking at these as they were, you know, the best record we have of them. And uh, they can interpret them. They can study them. They can hopefully perform new research on this subject. It's great. And by the way, uh, if you do do view them, I kind of like the scrolling effect. You can kind of scroll along kind of hard to describe on an audio podcast but you kind of drag a slider along and it kind of looks as though it's rolling up if you can kind of get what i mean go to the site <laughs> that's easier than me having to describe it all right what else well apple uh, tomorrow in fact is holding an event with the tagline let's talk iphone so does this mean this is the release of the iphone 5 well, it's kind of unfortunate the timing of our, uh, our podcast. I mean, we get them out on Mondays. So uh, this event being tomorrow will be at least six days old by the time the next podcast comes around. It could well be the iPhone 5. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'm predicting the iPhone 5. So what does it mean for you? If you're an iPhone user right now, are you going to trade in? I've talked to a lot of people actually and they're saying that what they do is they skip versions so they get every second version so for example if they're on a 3 they'll get the 5 if they're on a 4 they'll leave the 5 and get the 6 when that comes out just because you know upgrading every version gets rather expensive what do you do or would you you're not even into iPhone perhaps you, you think Android's the way to go but in any event I think uh if Apple's track record is to go by the iPhone 5 will be an interesting release, it will be something I think, in part, others will copy. Just as they've done for the uh, previous iPhones, as they've done for the iPad, as they've done for the Mac operating system, as they've done for the Apple hardware. I mean, now look look at the mice, for example. We're seeing, you know, I'm getting PC users come up to me now and say, hey, guess what, did you know that you can now get a mouse that has like a a touch surface on it? And I'm like, yeah, Apple have been shipping these for a few years now. Anyway, I digress. So, on to the last story for the week. Google has been crowned the world's most attractive employer. Wow. There you go. I'll I'll give you the top 10 list. How's that? The world's top 10 businesses in terms of how attractive they are as an employer. I'll do it Letterman style. I'll count down from 10. In number 10, we've got Goldman Sachs. Number 9 is Apple. Uh, JP Morgan comes in at number 8 with Procter & Gamble at number 7. Six is, believe it or not, Microsoft. Now, that's interesting. They're in position six, which is three positions ahead of Apple. Deloitte comes in at number five. Ernst & Young, four. Number three spot is taken by PricewaterhouseCoopers. KPMG takes number two spot. And, of course, I already mentioned that Google is number one. Now, if you look at just the subset of engineering, I I guess that's kind of loosely uh, a rather loose term because you'll see from some of the... uh, the companies in here. Number 10 is Procter & Gamble. and Number 9 is Siemens. Number 8 is General Electric. Number 7 is Apple. Number 6 is Sony. Number 5 is Intel. Number 4 is BMW. Number 3 is Microsoft. Number 2 is IBM. And again, number 1 is Google. So there you go. Google is the most attractive employer in the world. So if you're looking for a job out there and you're considering some tech companies, uh, I'd say Google's your best bet. And that concludes episode 136 of The Boys of Tech. It's a short and sweet episode. I'm hoping that (laughs) the others are going to be on board uh, again next week for episode 137. In any event, regardless of that, you have yourselves a great week and I'd love to have you back as our audience for the next episode. So this was another episode of New Zealand's Longest Running Tech Podcast. And by the way, if you like the show and you want to give us a donation, well, we thank you very much. Head over to boysoftech.com, click the Donate Now button and away you go. And that's it, folks. Thank you very much and goodbye. (laughs)